So, you know, it's been like an entire year. And I feel like, of course, I'm going to just say it now. Like, whenever you were just telling me, yo, like, Mo, you really got to check out this track. I mean, this track. You really got to check out, like, this movie. Like, it's crazy. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you know. But I really wasn't go- trying to go to the theaters to watch it. But, dude, da- now, looking at what I saw and, like, knowing what I know, I'm ashamed it took me this long whatever. And that's the thing about it is, like, it is a theater movie. God bless theaters. Hope they come back. Let's go theaters. But, you know, dude, like, it was made for the 80-foot screen or whatever the fuck the measurement of it is. That's that Tarantino vibe, brother. That's it, man. And, you know, with all that being said. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That's your son? No, that's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. (laughs) All the shooting. (laughs) I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? (laughs) Fry, you nasty bastards! (laughs) Are you an actor? No, I'm a stuntman. I hired you to be an actor, Rick. Not a TV cowboy. You're better than that. Line. Cut! Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. All right, what's the matter, partner? It's official, old buddy. Well, it has been. I'm Sharon Tate. I'm in the movie. You're in this? That's me. I play Miss Carlson, the klutz. In this town, I can all change like that. Hey! You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget. To invite your time. So you know what the hell it is. Once upon a time in Hollywood, one year later. Shout out returning guest, the homie Jack was goody. What is up, brother? I still got the fucking pool water in my hair. Haven't showered yet. I'm fucking I'm vibing on the weekend right now. And uh I'm vibing on this movie. Watched it so early this morning. So ready to talk about it. In, in the words of uh, Drake or whatever, you know, we just got back. We're still smelling like vacation, right? Well, I wouldn't say vacation. I mean, <laughs> if, I went to the, if, if, if I went to the beach, that'd be one thing. I did spray myself down with, uh, is everyone ready for this, 100-plus Neutrogena spray suntan lotion because your boy can't be out here getting secondary burns. We're not, we're not about that. No, no secondary burns. I get what you're saying. Um, before we get into, you know, the the greatness that is this movie, 
Uh, remember, like always, guys, to rate, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Links and everything in the description below. Um, check out that new. Uh, it, well, it's it's, all, it's still kind of new, but you know, whatever. Check out the Everyone Loves the Sunshine playlist. Like the homie Will really gave me my props on the playlist or whatever, where he said, you know, nigga, where, who else? Where else can you get Anita Baker and that shit goes into Pop Smoke <laughs> on the same playlist? He's like, you the only one, man. Um, check out myself and then the homies on Twitch or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing a little bit of Final Fantasy. Q's playing like Mortal Kombat 2K. Carson's on Apex Legends, Call of Duty. My homie Zach's on Call of Duty and golf games. Diversity for everybody out here. Always <laughs> something or whatever. You, you already <laughs> know the stuff you're getting over here. Don't bite your tongue, man. I understood 50% of what you said. Yeah, hey, man, you know, like, somebody got it, you know? I mean, that's pretty high, right, for us? Yeah, yeah you know, but you, you you jumped in on my Twitch or whatever, and, like, we ch- we chopped it up. Yeah, no, I, I'm happy to be there for the streams and uh, see what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, You didn't see me lose to fucking um, this giant, like, scorpion thing or whatever, but that was, like, almost 2 in the morning or whatever, so, you know. I got I'm killed and not cut the game off. And I was like, how the fuck do you beat this thing or whatever? Because my man's that normally is in there helping me out or whatever. Shout out him or whatever on Twitch. It's like Cordis or whatever. I think it's his name. He had already logged off. So I was in there just by myself. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I do not know how to beat this villain. <laughs> I'm glad I was not there for the disappointment. I was there for the hype. Yeah, you was there for the hype or whatever. He's like, yo, this shit look dope. I'm like, yo, it's a really fun game now. I'm, I'm kind of mad I <laughs> you know, didn't get into it earlier. But... So, I guess you know I, I'm gonna treat this kind of how I'm gonna treat this kind of how like we do on like you know Ox Me Later or whatever. Like this is a Quentin Tarantino production, man. I told you a year ago that you need to go watch this movie, and it's gonna be great. You did, and I, I didn't think in my defense, I didn't doubt you. I just was kind of like. I don't know. I just didn't really go to the movies to see it. So, but Which I, is, I missed out for that. That's fair. And I can understand why you felt that way. And I don't even think that I went and saw the movie when I told you, you need to go see the movie before I sat in the theater and watched the movie. I think you, then told, I, you were talking about it prior though. like, I can kind of tell you were interested in it. So like when you finally saw it, you were like, dude, like I really love this movie or whatever. I think it's something we can do on the pod. And I'm just like, okay, okay. And I just never did it. So that's, that's my fault. I will, I will take the, you know. Well, that's the thing though, is like, bro, like to say I was hype about it is a way understatement. Tarantino is one of my favorite directors and we're going to get into him in a little bit. I'm sure. But Dude, the movies he comes out with are, in a word, excellent. Just excellent. So we're going to get into it. Yeah. Can, can I start I, off with the hottest of hot takes, though? You have to drive this whole thing. So oh, yeah, go ahead and do whatever know, but you like, want to do. Remember, but you remember we talked, like, not only in pre-production, even when we were first talking about this, I told you, hey, bro, I got, I got a bar that I'm ready to drop or whatever, and it's going to be kind of, like, blasphemous. Now is the time. So I'm looking through his joint now, whatever. And, you know, like I was born in 92. I mean, I'm, you're not that much older than me, but still, you know? Yeah. Um, As a kid who grew up and still to this day loves anime, I remember watching Kill Bill for the first time with my aunt and my grandma. 
and like, yo, this is the dopest movie of all time. It's like she has a sword and she's killing niggas. Like, I was like, yo, this shit's incredible. Volume two, I mean, I would probably enjoy it more now that like I'm older, but like all that dialogue and shit, I was like, yo, what's I was like, get back to killing niggas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're not here for the story. I, not at the age I was. I mean, shit, that was 2004, so I'm like 12. Yeah, fair. De- definitely. I not. mean, <laughs> they they came out pretty hard with the 88 Asian assassin. So um, yes. after that, it yes. was pretty you rough. You know, I was loving that shit, and also around that time, I was in love with Lucy Liu because uh, I think that was either before or after um, Charlie's Angels. God, what a beautiful scene that was. That was that'll amazing. be a movie we have to talk about at some point later. Yes, sir. Um, I've never seen Jackie Brown. I've heard Jackie Brown's really good. Bruh. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm okay. not done yet. I'm not done. No, I know, but like, I, bruh. I've, I've, I've only just, okay, shout out, like, one of the homies back in the day or whatever. I just saw Pulp Fiction about 2012. I had never seen it before then. Well, that was a long time ago, but still, bruh. I mean, compared to like people being like, oh my, like she literally lost her mind. She's like, you never seen Pulp Fiction? I'm like, no. She's like, we're watching it right now. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is good. I was just like, I had never heard, like, I'd heard of the movie. I just, you know, no offense right. or whatever. It wasn't really in my household. Let me get my take in on that real quick. Um, it's outdated at this point, but um, the first movie that I think literally ever existed that did a you know multi time point disintegrated kind of thing like multiple storylines in different time frames and all interconnected i'm pretty sure that was like the first one and that's, that's why it blew people's about. minds that's and insane that, to think about loki yeah and it was 1994 mm like kind kind of late to the game in terms of movies but this is the guy we're talking about and that's the guy that man i mean we're gonna have a lot of feelings on, yeah but <sighs> the biggest yeah. and last name before we get on into once upon a time yeah i and i'm, I'm gonna have to rem- i'm not even gonna say it or whatever because i'm just gonna do it whenever you hear the final cut of this yeah i, I never saw hateful eight okay that's one thing I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. I've that, never seen Inglorious Bastards. And I've never seen from beginning to end Django Unchained. My God. I know. I'm a disappointment. Well, I was going to comment on the first one, and then you dropped two more on me. Um, bruh. <laughs> I just haven't seen them. I've never, I've never started Django from top to bottom. Like, have I seen clips? Yeah. Have I, like, sat down and, like, kind of caught it? A little bit, but I haven't finished it. No offense. And I mean, like, like we talk about or whatever, no offense on like a lot of the shit and everything. Like you, like, you know, you being yourself and me being myself or whatever, not really in the slave movies. Now I get it's different because, you know, niggas out here killing white people or whatever, but not just really the guy for slave movies. You, th- uh, you think I'm sitting here like, uh, you know what I'm saying? 12 years of slave was that shit, nigga. Like, nah, I refuse. Um, I've never seen that movie, yeah. um, but I've seen Django for sure. I'm going to put this up front. Um, Tarantino's use of the N-word is a big thing yes. that a lot of people have problems with. And I definitely, like, I, I agree with it. Like, it's gratuitous. But here's the defense of that. 
if you're going to do a period piece and you're going to do it based around, say, slavery, yeah. or e- even when it comes to Jackie Brown, which you have not seen, but like 1996 movie that takes place in the 90s, it's a thing. And if you're going to be upset with, especially when it comes to, say, Django, white characters yeah. saying that word or black characters saying that word. The actors that collaborated with him, that have collaborated with him multiple times after the fact, and we're talking specifically about Samuel L. Jackson, so I don't know how you feel about him using that word in that way. It's it's Samuel L. or whatever. Like, I'm not even trying to cut you off or whatever. I'm completely on your side with it or whatever. Like, it's a timepiece. Like, I I watch fucking professional wrestling or whatever. Vince McMahon dropped a What's Up, My Nigga, like, literally 2005, like, 2005 or something or whatever, like... I mean, I'm not over here like, oh, yeah, well, he should like, no, no, no. It's just it's a time. I'm I'm completely with you. It's a timepiece. It's the fucking po- like, oh, God. But it, I also feel it, like the people that would be complaining about it aren't watching the movie either. So that's another I, I would agree. Like, they're not going to sit down for the theatrical narrative that is an artistic interpretation of a time period where like, especially when it comes to the, the hateful eight, like him being black in the 1800s is a problem for people and they say things about it guys like you weren't there none of us were there that was the time and speak of the place and if you're gonna be crazy about it just like understand what the hell the narrative at the time was and like you're supposed to be transported to a place i i i I don't have words for people that are like that because it's just like if if you're not going to let yourself be transported through artistic narrative, then Uh why are you watching a movie? I'm going to just say it to go ahead and end it off. We can can finally get into this movie or whatever. Yeah. There's a reason why like black people joke around like, well, shit, we can't we can't just go in a time machine and go back and look at shit. It's not the same for us. No. <laughs> I mean, it's and that simple. It's that simple. Um, unless you're going to go Jurassic, don't bother. Yeah, man. So uh, once once upon a time in Hollywood, bro, like like we talked about it at the beginning, you saw it. I went into this blind. I had I hadn't even seen a I hadn't seen a fucking trailer since the movie was like about to go in theaters. So like 2019, I didn't look up nothing. I didn't Google nothing. I, I literally like I, only reason my phone was on was to take notes down. So the first two I got written down or whatever, we start off with everything with a commercial slash interview for Rick Dalton's show, Bounty Law. Rick motherfucking Dalton. Oh, I got a bar about that later, bro. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do a lot of his voices later on, so just be prepared. I'm ready. Um, where's that? And also, so we find out, you know, hey, Cliff just pretty much just dro- – or, well, Cliff is, I should say, Cliff Booth. Which there's a joke later on that I laughed at. Cliff Booth, his uh, stunt double, was pretty much just kind of like, I mean, I wouldn't really say, like best friend, but also caretaker in a way because yeah, he drives around everywhere because motherfucker got like what two or three DUIs they said. <laughs> what what let's uh, do a definition right now. Yes, Rick Dalton is played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Goat, the goat, dude. And fucking goat. I, I have so many words. <laughs> He's a fucking goat. I'll say yeah. it here. Yeah, no, right there, right there. That that is clear. And dude, in this movie, amazing. And then Cliff Booth, 
is played by Brad Pitt. And I've always fucked with Brad Pitt. Like, there's certain people where it's like, I only have praise for you. He's one of those people. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him, like, have a, a trash role. So, yeah. And in that same vein, I would agree with that. But he has actually done, a t- like, you think of Leo. He's yes. done a t- ton of different stuff. And you've seen him in multiple types of roles. Brad Pitt, maybe not so much. But man was the casting nailed for this facts oh my god i saw the joint at the end where they were like you know they were like well what was what what should we do to play like two aging actors or whatever kind of getting phased out the game play yourselves the trash like but also like you know realization of that is incredible i mean the one guy you have that's been aged was a literal child actor, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's playing an actual actor and kind of an insane actor in that standpoint, nails the role. And then you have the guy that's the pretty boy who plays the pretty boy role. Like, I, I almost have to, like, swallow my own words so I don't yeah. start spouting off right now. So get ready for the first version of me impersonating Rick Dalton or whatever. All right, you ready for this? Yes. So we're going through some of his old stuff or whatever, because, you know, of course, you know, we've seen Bounty Law. Um, we go to pretty much it's like a version of uh, uh, which uh, like a future callback or whatever. Or you want to say a past callback of Inglorious yeah. Bastards where yeah. there's like six Nazis out there and he just pops up. And I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget it with a fucking flamethrower. Anybody order fried uh, sauerkraut? That <laughs> is so, literally one of the only things that I wrote down was because I wanted to remember that quote too. Yo, Anybody I, order five sauerkraut? You, I, I fucking rewound my shit two times and rewatched it. Because <laughs> I was like, first off, I laughed so hard the first time I forgot what he said. Then I said, I have to write it down. And I just like two more times just for fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> God, this so, was amazing. What One of the things that We'll get into this just real quick that Tarantino does so beautifully in this film is playing with the idea of filming, right? So, like, yeah, you have an actor narrating on film in a film that is not this film and then, like, pulling back the curtain on him just a little bit and then seeing who the person is that's doing it, and that's Rick Dalton. And, oh, my God. God, he does it so well in this, and there's so many instances of it, and then I feel like this is the perfect transition into the flamethrower scene. Go ahead. (laughs) That entire scene was fucking crazy, man. Like, I I literally was just rolling out, because this is when he's, like, talking to, uh, or Rick's talking to this guy who's trying to get him into, like, Italian movies, right? Yeah. Well, well, actually, I'll pull back the curtain on that a little bit. Yeah, go ahead, do that. Go ahead, do that. I'm pretty sure um, Quentin Tarantino did like three rewatchables with The Ringer, and I am pretty. I'm just trying to recall myself because you know, no research on this podcast, no research. Facts. I heard on the rewatchables Quentin Tarantino talk about the flamethrower scene from this movie, and (laughs) I'm I am relatively sure that. When Leonardo DiCaprio says, "Ooh, that's too hot," and yo, yes, about it, <laughs> I was about to bring that up. 
I that was a real take. That that was not the character, and I think he said it in the character's narrative and like did it with the stunt coordinator. But I'm pretty sure that was Leonardo DiCaprio saying, "Ooh, that is way too hot." And that is hilarious, and it was a perfect take that they cut into the movie. Oh, my God. Like, that kind of shit is awesome to hear, and it's awesome to see, and it's awesome to know about. So there you go, audience. Little side note. It's about like two weeks ago, whatever, some change. Remember, it was in one of our group chats. I was talking to you and Kyle, and I was like, yo, um, I I was on that, like, Nicolas Cage-like shit or whatever because they were talking about one of his movies. and. They were, they were like, there was a scene in the movie where he's just like, just walking around with a drink or he just sat down and just poured up a drink or whatever. And they were like, there was like $50 or whatever that like, that was not filmed for the movie. They just kind of had the cameras rolling. and was like, hey, let's, let's put that in. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you can't see it. That Nick Cage shit is, uh. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> Not the bees. Ah! Yeah, Nick, Nick Cage is. We'll we'll do face off. Yeah. Oh God, I cannot fucking wait. You remember when I made the <laughs> when we found out he was apparently going to play Joe Exotic, and I was like, "Yo, face off, son." <laughs> face off. Let's go. Um. So after this or whatever, Rick's kind of just like, "Yo, you know, damn, like, what the hell's going on? They want me to do all these Italian movies. I can't remember what he called it exactly, but well, Rick had a. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, can I just cut in real quick? Yes. Uh, because I have another bar. The other guy, the guy that's interviewing him for the Italian movies is Al Pacino. So, like, we can't skip over that. So, Al Pacino is pretending to be an actor, you know, in the movie, sure. Um, and talking about, like, starring in spaghetti westerns for Europe. <laughs> first, first of all, is that a thing? And second of all, how do I watch them? Are there European spaghetti westerns that I have not seen? Because I am curious now after watching. Now, European, I'm not sure of or whatever, and I'm not the Western person to talk to or whatever. I can call up my grandma or whatever because when I say she's still watching Gunsmoke, like that shit hasn't have it, has <laughs> been in 50 years ago or 60 years ago. <laughs> I mean it, bro. She's like literally, I think for her birthday or Christmas a couple of years ago, whatever, I just bought like a, it was like a, group as like big dvd or whatever with like 50 episodes of like westerns and shit or whatever and she loved it oh my god oh i remember when i bought presents for my family that were actually dvds yeah i wish that ship never sailed that was the best present ever god damn it i can't do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) everything anymore but it's it's my grandma and my parents though so i can still get them dvds or whatever because they're still using dvd players yeah trust but no, so like they're getting back to the car and everything after the whole spaghetti western scenes or whatever. And Cliff has a bar right here. Rick, I'm your driver. I'm not a gopher. Oh, I'm your I'm your driver, not a gopher. Remember? And then I don't they, know why, but that made me laugh. The the best flashback scene is just Rick getting pulled over for DUI, and it's just like, oh yeah, Cliff is uh he's here for it because Rick can't get caught for anything, but. Dude, the fucking DUI. Like, yeah, that, it, that was that was wild. If you haven't been there, you've been there, still, and you've been that person that's been that person that's like, eh, should I drive? Eh, okay, yeah, drifting lanes, doing that thing. 
But it happened but, multiple times. Like, my God. If you're young enough to listen to this, Uber is too new to you because you already know. Oh, that's biggest effects. Yeah. So uh, that that scene kind of cuts a little bit too close to home for me. Jack can tell you, I still walk home. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which, which is not which is not safe either and like you know my friends do not like it and they're like dude that is not safe and i'm like well i get it but still it could have been way worse i would rather not that that's the justification mm. um the big note i got written for this I, I, one i didn't mean to catch you mid gulp oh uh, yeah you good swirl the ice for the people hey man you know so i haven't hit a in a minute you know there you go so um, the next big note I have is um, Roman Polanski moves into town, and he's uh, Rick's new next door neighbor. And he has a relatively important wife. He does. Who I'm not gonna front like I at first I didn't even catch her name because I'm gonna say look a little bit later on like until I figured out oh shit this is what's going on like yeah. I just kept saying like why is Marco Robbie this much of a character like what am I missing. But of course, we're going to talk about that later. You know what I'm saying? We're going to talk about that later. So, you know, just save that. And that's but, fair. And they actually don't say her name until yeah, like so later on. much later in the movie. Like at one point or whatever, I was like, do I need to Google the fucking movie and be like, what's her name or whatever? Because I don't want to sit here and like not have her name written down. But damn, because I'm like, she's on this role for a reason. And I don't know it yet, so I'm just going to wait. That's that, Remember, because like later on, we're going to talk about how I texted you and was like, I have a question, but I'm going to wait till the movie's over. Because I was like two hours in. I'm just like, what the fuck am I still not getting? You know what I'm saying? Well, here's the thing. That her role is really important. And one of the biggest backlashes to this movie is her role in the movie. You, you want to save that or you want to get that off? No, I want to get it off now. Her, like, her whole intention in the movie is to be Sharon Tate. So for all of you that have anything to say about her having more lines, this fucking weird feminist thing that comes to this movie, specifically. Is that a thing? Yeah, brother. Oh, I missed all that now. First of all, I don't mean to call you brother. Nah, you good. I, I get what you're saying. Trust you do that anyways. <laughs> I, I I do, but I, I say it to you as like, you know, in normal speak, not like this. Dude, like there is a big contingent of people that are concerned about the fact that she does not have enough lines in this movie. And, <sighs> Bro, what if I told you whatever? Remember I, like remember like a couple of weeks ago, like maybe not a, a month ago, whatever I told you literally, I just looked at people's comments of other people like commenting on um podcasts and I was like, who the fuck is this bored and petty? Like, get a fucking life. Like that shit is trash, dog. Like it's it's dude, just so whack to me. Does anyone that actually cares about this movie that wanted to comment on on it a year ago give a fuck why she's in this movie and why it matters to any extent whatsoever this is why she is a beautiful woman i was was, was just literally about saying she was looking incredible to like every scene like there was not one thing she didn't kill this joint no shit that's why she is sharon tate because Sharon Tate was a beautiful woman. 
Do you think in her regular life that she had anything to do with talking about anything that mattered to anybody about anything in 1969? <laughs> <laughs> he's turnt, yo. He's turnt. Oh, shit. Um, we're going to get back to them, though. We're going to no, get back to him, bro. We're going to get back to him. I promise you. I uh, believe it, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, guys, do you are are you missing the period piece portion of this? Are you missing like, oh, my feminist movement, my thing? She needs to have more lines. She needs to do more things. Guys, get into the moment, the genre, the fucking ambiance of the movie. That's the whole thing. That's the whole movie. Go ahead. Say your piece. Move on. Um, oh, no. I'm good. I'm good. Because I'm going to talk about her later or whatever. Because, like, she was confusing me until later on I figured out, oh, shit, this is why you were here. But, um, so just know, like, like most times whatever with her, I'm just like, why is this a thing? But um, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, God, like nah, people that have something like like. A bone to pick with it. Take your bone and put in the garbage disposal or something. Like, get rid of it. Get rid it's of your literally bone. It's the same thing I was saying. Like, the same people that are complaining didn't even watch the movie. Right. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta let it go with that one, bro. Um, Cliff drops off Rick and everything and then gets his own car, which is a dirtier, smaller, beat down <laughs> car can wake compared to, you know, Rick's nicer yellow, what, DeVille? It was a Coupe DeVille. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what Cliff was driving, but yeah, he, he drives on home and he lives in like a small little trailer right. in the middle of nowhere past a fucking movie theater. And just I was like, yo, this is out in the middle of nowhere. And it's just him and his dog who were Brandy, who we're going to talk about later on or whatever, because Brandy's the goat. Um, yeah. My man pulled out the bone and then like, do you remember what the, the dog food was called? Like wolf's something wolf's teeth. Wolf's teeth. <laughs> this shit was legendary. Like, I just, I literally thought at this point or whatever, I was like, you know how fucking mad Coco would be at me? Like, because it's happened so many times where I get home late and he's just like, nigga, I have to fucking eat. Where the hell have you been? Again. I, talk, I feel like he would just cuss me out all the time. Again. We're in a time that no one give, give, gave a fuck about what was going on with their pets. So, like, hey, PETA. You want to weigh on in this? Oh, wait. It's 1970. No one gives a fuck. No one cares about your opinion about any of this stuff. Yeah, it's a congealed jar of shit. <laughs> um, the next scene I have written is uh, so Roman Polanski and Sharon. Yeah. They dr- uh well they drive off to a party at the Playboy Mansion. I wrote down that Roman is dressed like fucking Beethoven. Yep. Like I don't yeah, know what the hell yeah, he's going for sure. <laughs> I would say, I, ha- having seen Amadeus myself, I would say yes! he's, dressed, he's dressed like Mozart. Yes, he really is. I was like, what's up with his outfit? And then I saw there at the Playboy Mansion and all that, and that was that was looking incredible. Like, God, what I would do to go into one of those parties. Um Amazing. And we hear, like, from – I don't even know who this other character was supposed to be, but we hear that, like, you know, Sharon, 
uh, Roman, and I can't remember the other dude's name. You might can help me out there or whatever. I'll go look it up. They kind of were in an entanglement situation. Wait, you don't know who Steve McQueen is? Is that who that was supposed to be? Not only is it who he was supposed to be, it was who he was. The guy that was like the, wasn't he like the makeup guy or am I tripping? Oh, you're talking about uh, Jay Sebring. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, bruh, no offense, I heard the name Steve McQueen. Do you think I know who that is, though, actually? Like, just knowing me personally and the things I tell you I don't know. I have <laughs> you gotta explain up. this stuff. I literally told you all or yesterday. I had to Google like, "Yo, Roman Polanski." I only know one joke from Family Guy. Well, that's the joke that is very still prescient, and why he is not in the United States anymore. But we're gonna get to that whole conversation pretty right. soon because there's a reason that. Well, I should probably hesitate myself on that. Yeah, do it. Who knows what what you know about Roman Polanski is based on what did actually happen and did not happen in this film. Yeah, that that's true. And like I literally found that out like before I even Googled it. I was kinda like, oh, okay, this isn't gonna be that. But hey man, the the entanglement situation, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we've been dealing with entanglements or whatever. That's been a popular word out here and everything in the lexicon. Yeah. I guess a little side note, whatever. You've never been in an entanglement situation, have you? No. I mean, well, actually, <laughs> it, it, if I'm going to get real nerdy on you real quick, I don't think you're ready for this. Hit me. Brother, I mean, like, everything, everything that's ever happened in the entire universe has been quantum entanglement, right? Oh, my God. I'm out. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I'm definitely sending you the Entanglement song now, whatever, with August Alcina and Rick Ross. It low-key slaps. But... I will listen to it and low-key not pay any attention to what I just said about it. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, Cliff drops off Rick for his new role, and, you know, he's like, yeah, I want you to go ahead and just I'll, I'll handle this one alone today. Um, the director's in there trying to change up his look for this, you know, new role. He, like, wants him to wear a wig and kind of put on like this crazy mustache i think this is the scene where like my man had his whole face in like a bucket of ice water well because he, was hung- he was hung over from the night before yeah oh oh shit because i think i got, i think i wrote it down later whenever he was like damn it i've had too many whis- uh, whiskey sours we're gonna talk about that later because god i have a whiskey sour story <laughs> yeah well save it for that but yeah. that's because of that and he's like what the fuck is going on around me right now? Because I don't understand why everyone wants to n- me not be J.K. Hill. That's like his whole vibe right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so they're trying to change up his look. Um, I don't think I wrote it down the first time or whatever, but um, there were these women that was walking across the street whenever uh, Cliff was getting the car back the last time. But he sees the same girl at the same spot kind of chilling like at a red light or whatever just had to write it down because i was like okay they brought her back for a reason like i said i don't know anything that's happening so i'm writing this because i'm like hmm suspicious you know pussycat yeah we're gonna talk oh yeah we're gonna talk about that pussycat later um (laughs) this is where he gets home or he gets back to uh rick spot and 
<laughs> my man was doing some shit on the roof or whatever. I don't even remember what he was exactly working on, but I laughed my ass off when he puts on the tool belt and puts a beer in there. Wow. And then fucking parkoured his way on top of the roof. Like, holy shit. It's a really good scene. And, you know, re-watching it for, like, the whatever time I watched it today, I yeah. actually did catch what the whole thing was about. So do you want the breakdown? Um, If you're talking about the Twinkie truck, I have that written down for in, like a, like, a second later. I don't. I, I'm okay. talking about the roof scene. Okay, yeah. So, about <sighs> when they're at the trailer and Leo is Rick is talking about um, how Randy is in charge of the extras. Yeah. Randy is talking about how, or Rick is talking about how they don't have any room for any extras on the scene because Randy's running the group. And when Cliff goes on top of the roof to deal with the antenna, which is his job for the day, he's thinking about the last time that Randy had anything to do with his involvement in being an extra. And hmm. he's thinking about the time that he beat the living fuck out of Bruce Lee. <laughs> which I have. God, is it? Don't have that note written down next. Oh, God. Yes, I do. And so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Woo, could not help that one. Good Lord. So um, we have a little flashback. And um, I literally wrote down fake Bruce Lee is <laughs> talking about, um, you know, Muhammad Ali and how he does all this or whatever, which I only think he was Muhammad yet. Like, I think he said Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay. And yeah. I will say that fake Bruce Lee did a very good. He looked just like him. Looked just like him. Talked just like him. I mean, I watched a lot of YouTube shit or whatever. Like the dude, apparently, I mean, he's, you know, apparently he's a really good actor or whatever. I mean, he'd be low key in like the little two scenes or whatever, especially this one. Act his ass off. I've seen an, an entire documentary about Bruce Lee. I haven't and watched that I've yet. Se- I've seen another live one where the guy acts like Bruce Lee. And he talks just like that. So I'm pretty sure that guy talked just like Bruce Lee and did an incredible job looking like him, talking like him, and, you know, as an actor should, inhibiting the personality. There's one little scene I want to go ahead and throw in there, like, real quick, like, before – we get to like the you know Bruce Lee kind of fight or whatever because it leads right into yeah. like you know the other part, um like Cliff and like you said to do Randy or whatever right, like Randy ain't fucking with Cliff or whatever because he's like dude we all know he killed his wife and we're like oh shit you know like Randy's wife also isn't fucking with that, so that's when we get that flashback to like they're on a boat and she's like oh you don't want to argue now and he's just like. I think they pretty much assuming that he killed his wife with a harpoon gun, which I definitely didn't catch that watching the first time. First of all, no. But second of all, you know, everyone's everyone's had that. Everyone has had that thought. Shooting your significant other with a harpoon gun off a boat? Oh, not maybe that specific, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm trolling, guys. I am trolling. 
I am Charlie. These are jokes. These are all jokes. These are all jokes. I don't think Cliff killed his wife. I don't either. I just kind of like, like, I, I like when they threw that in there, though, because I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, a little, little bit more of a backstory. Because I'm like, what do we really know about this dude besides he just lives in this random ass tiny trailer and shit? Like, and just has a giant dog. And we're a year out from it. Yeah. So all of those narratives have been played out to this point. So who knows? Facts. No one knows. Tarantino knows, but no one else knows. So who knows? Back, yeah, back to the Bruce Lee fight. So like, or before it even happens and everything. So like, he's talking about you know Cassius Clay, and Cliff calls him out about this bullshit. Yeah. And before, <laughs> this is when he comes with the bar. Now I didn't write it down, but this was one of the bars I think I saw on like the trailer or whatever, where he was like, "I would beat you up, but my hands are like, uh, what do you say? My hands are like certified uh, weapons or Lethal whatever. Lethal weapons. Lethal weapons." <laughs> And I think Cliff had the bar or something or whatever, like, you know, if I was to kill you in a fight, I would be arrested. He's like, anyone that kills someone in a fight is arrested. It's called manslaughter or some I, shit like that. I do have the bar, and I will read it right now. Yo. Anybody that kills anybody in a fight will go to jail. That's called manslaughter. I loved it. I, Dude. I laughed all over again. And... I'm going to take a sidebar off of this real quick and just say that's the kind of hilarious fucking thing. Like, if you don't laugh while watching this movie, what is wrong with you? Like, there there are comedic moments, and it's hilarious on these certain bars. Like, we're breaking it down tooth and nail that we do here. But, like, bro, it's fucking. Dude, it's a funny movie. It, so, it's funny in certain parts, for sure. And like that's part of building a script, building a narrative. And yes. All right. Go ahead. Take it over. So Cliff calls him out and everything. Bruce is like, um, okay, how about this? We have a like little sparring match or whatever, but no one touches the other's face. You know, best two out of three. He continues to call him Kato at this point, at which I was confused. And so a YouTube video kind of was like, that was Bruce Lee's depiction of the Green Hornet. Yes. And I was like, huh, learn something new every day. So the first one or whatever, <laughs> Bruce just comes up or whatever and just <laughs> kicks the shit out of him, like uh, out of Cliff right in the chest, knocks him down. All right. Round two. He tries that shit, and fucking Cliff grabs his ass, slams him right into the fucking car, put a dent in this shit. Yeah. They're going back and forth, and then Randy's wife, God, let me see if I have a name written down. Do I have a name written down? Oh, I just have Randy's wife. Okay, there we go. She Janet. Oh, Janet. Janet, yes. Yes. So, so Janet comes in, and she's like, whoa, 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 this is the lead. What are you doing? And they're like, we were just having some fun or whatever. I think she pretty much flat out calls him a wife killer and all this shit. And then we find out it's her car. I was crying laughing because I said, of course, it's her car. I was like, yo, you sure this shit is the comedy? <laughs> I was laughing my ass off by this point, bro. And that's that's the magic. That's the magic, right? Like, So you have all this stuff set up. You do it all. Uh, and I love the point like she tries to kick him off the set and do all this and everything and then Randy comes in and whatever and is like okay I got this Jane I got this and it literally proceeds to say the same shit she just said I was like wow 
And on top of all of that, it's Kurt Russell. So it's like, it's still a big actor. He's still the one doing the thing. It's crazy. That shit had me rolling. You hear me, bro? This entire scene. Like some scenes in some scenes in this movie, I was like, yo, are we sure this are we positive this is not a comedy? Because I'm doing way more laughing than what I was expecting. I'm ready for it later for sure, but uh it's gonna be concerning. Right. Uh next note I got written down, and I'm glad I wrote this down looking back now because holy shit, didn't catch this. But fuck it, I guess we can go ahead and say it now, bro. So I wrote down literally, because I I, like I said I went into this blind. I wrote random dude shows up at the Polanski house. Hmm, that was creepy as fuck. You want to tell the people what the hell I found out later on or whatever? Because I didn't know that was a thing, and I'm glad I wrote down that bar. Well, that was Charles Manson. I had no fucking clue. I didn't catch that. I just was like, why is this? Because I, I told you, everything with the Polanski slash Janet, of oh, Janet, Sharon situation is like throwing me off. I'm yeah. just like, what am I missing here? I just keep saying, what am I missing? You know? Like, even that, like, I was like, I totally missed that. Like, oh shit. I feel like I should say this now. Um, the first time I watched this movie in the theaters, yeah. I watched it with a friend of mine, Joseph Holler, if you're listening. Um, he had no idea about the Manson murders. so I didn't know it was going to be involved, so, you know, literally, I'm him. It's kind of, Well, I, I should say, I would have... You got it? Yeah, yeah. I decided to to an extent to let you do this yourself. Yeah. To watch it yourself because I had experienced a fact of you or not of you, but of anyone that was with watching that by themselves. So I think it's kind of interesting to see the interpretation of that by not knowing what was going on and what the situation was see what they thought about how Tarantino interpreted it and then seeing how once they looked it up it would be right so like at this point I'm still completely lost the next scene I got written or whatever um, because we're kind of going back and forth wait what the okay now um we're kind of going back and forth between a lot of shit but the first one so rick is back at (laughs) rick is like you know reading his lines or doing whatever i think he's reading a novel and there's a little girl who's going to like you know be in the movie or show whatever he's doing and everything and i just flat out wrote down yo she is schooling the fuck out of rick right now Dude, she was hilarious. I love that girl. She was reading a like a, the, what a biopic or whatever, or like you know autobiography or a biography or whatever about uh, Walt Disney. To be fair, who cares? She was reading something. Dude, anything that she was reading, who cares? She killed that scene, and that actress. I don't know who she is, but that that actress. Um, once it came to her and Leo dealing with it, it yeah. Was, when yeah. he said like, "Yo, what are you like? Twelve? I'm nine. <laughs> Bars. Like, but no. So she's talking about all this and everything. And like, uh, 
She's like, well, what are you reading? And I think, like, I can't remember what the cowboy he said, like, name was, but pretty much it's about, like, an old cowboy who doesn't have it anymore, and, like, he's falling off his horse, and he can't, you know, he's not what he was, and all this shit. Yeah. Which pretty much leads Rick into, like, another breakdown, like we kind of saw earlier, you know, where, he, like, he put on, I, I, I didn't bring this up, but, like, you know, little shit, where he just, like, Cliff gave him his glasses and shit, so he's crying in front of the little girl, and she's just like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 like, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do all this. There was at one point where I think, <laughs> Jesus, because she, yo, like I said, getting her bars off or whatever, she had the one line about, like, you know, I call myself actor and not actress or whatever because of all this, and she's like, you know, I'm not going to be under words like uh, pumpkin, was, God, what was it? Not, it was something. No, like, it, it was pumpkin something, but yeah. she, she's not gonna let herself be labeled that way. So fair enough. Coming with the bars, but she consoles uh, Rick after all that and everything, and just you know, he's pretty much crying because he's like, "Yo, like I'm washed up. Like I'm literally the person I'm reading about. This is crazy." No, that makes sense. That it's hilarious the way that she. I'm Thanks. just go ahead. Um, I got so we get back to Sharon. She's picking up a hitchhiker, which I just kind of wrote down. I was like, okay, don't really get it. But then she's like, okay, she goes to go see a movie that she just happens to fucking be in. I was like, what the hell? The the wrecking crew. Well, I think it's important that like um she was... no 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 we, we get it but like you got to think about this from my POV. I don't know yeah. if this is real or not because I'm not googling anything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, what the fuck is this supposed to be right now? You know what I'm saying. So that is actually a Tarantino thing. So Tarantino, um, I don't know what movie it was but he decided at his point in time to go see a movie that he was starring in and then decided he was gonna pay for it and then he told them that he was gonna he was gonna go in like i I wrote down she goes to see the movie and everything and like the people are kind of like wait you're sharing tate like all this um and then after she goes and gets a book. Now, apparently that was like a callback or something to something, but I didn't really write that down. I think it was that necessary. Yeah. So I, I missed out on that one. Um, oh, oh my God. Let me see this dude. Uh, oh, oh, so there's this dude and he asked Rick or whatever. Hey, I heard you almost got this role or whatever for this, you know, whatever movie. And Rick's still just like on his shit like, Damn it! Like, he's just—he's hating everything right now. Yeah, just—just just not a—not a good look for Rick. Just going through it, man. Dude, Rick Dalton, not in a good place, not at all. Um, so Sharon goes in to see the movie, and I literally wrote down. So whenever she get first gets in, before she puts her glasses on and all that shit, there's a trailer for a movie starring Joe Namath. I was like, okay, interesting. I, I don't think I caught that. But yeah, I, I wrote that one down. I even rewound to like make sure I wasn't going crazy. That was a thing. It's a good catch. Um, she's kind of seeing how the audience is like reacting to her role, you know. So I, I guess everything like you just said about like you know Tarantino doing that. Yeah. Oh god. So you ready for this shit, bro? <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're ready for this next line I got. So. They're doing a scene for I can't remember what it's called or whatever, like Lancer or whatever it was, the the movie. 
or show. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a scene, and Rick's just like fucking up or whatever. He's just like, I forgot what line he says or whatever, but like he's some shit happens or whatever, and he's like, line. <laughs> and he's like just fucking up and forgetting his lines, man. And yo, I was rolling by this point. Well, th- that's one of the best scenes where <laughs> DiCaprio is in his fucking trailer and he's like k- kicking himself, kicking himself over and just all over the place about it. And it, it it's one of the funniest scenes. He was like, "Damn it, you know, I've had a, like he's, he's like he's been hard on himself, and he's like." Damn it, I, I was up all night drinking fucking whiskey sours, and I was like, well, there is going to be a lot of things from this point on that I connect with Rick fucking Dalton about, because I do not see any type of issues about drinking whiskey sours all night. You hear me? <laughs> you didn't see any issues with that? Yeah, no. Hell no, I'm, I'm here with him, honestly. No, I, I agree. I, I see him on that, and I am there for it. Just beating yourself up about a bunch of bullshit that you dealt with, and then you know it it figures itself out. Yeah, but you know he's he's gonna get it together. Uh, back to Sharon at the movie, like she's having a fight scene by this point, where she actually ends up training with Bruce Lee. I found out that was actually real. It was real, and I did see that. I. Dude, it was like way after the fact. The fact that she trained with him. Mm. So that was really dope. That was, you know. Um, this next line is a little bit like it's not too long, whatever. Uh, oh god, so I don't think you're ready for this one, bro. Okay, not think you're ready for this. So Cliff's riding around in Rick's car again. He sees the girl for the third time. She ends up hitting us, whatever, with, you know, third time to charm. Now, we do not know what her name is until we get down to the ranch. So just let that be known, all right? Because I'm saying, like, yo, what the fuck? You know, like, we still, like, whatever. So, you know, they pull up. They finally talk to each other. Uh, He finds out, oh, uh, like, you know, she's like, I live down here, whatever, by, like, uh, the such and such ranch. And he's like, oh, you know, I know exactly where that is. And I was like, is that over there where he's at? You know, but she gets in the car finally. And I literally wrote down in all fucking caps or whatever before we get to the last part or whatever. As far as her, she puts her fucking feet on the dash, just straight up feet. If this won't the most white woman shit, I didn't even write white people, white woman shit. I lost my mind, man. I have multiple instances of this. So within this movie, there are multiple stages of, well, when it comes to Quentin Tarantino, foot fetish. Yikes. Well, never mind. Let me stop. I'm not going to kink shame anyone. So when the, when she was sleeping, or um, I should say, when, you got to no, when uh, Margot Robbie is sleeping, uh-huh. feet for sure. When um, Margot Robbie gets to the theater, she takes her boots off and she puts her feet up on the seats. So apparently it's a little callback for feet throughout this movie. Yeah, N- dude. Well, that's a big Tarantino thing. Feet fetish. 
maybe 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 this is why we don't me and him don't really connect yeah, i don't well, even like to be touched by feet maybe we don't fuck together yeah yeah i barely i barely like my own um she has to give him roadhead to which he's like how old are you and she's trying to claim that she's 18 and he's like yeah you know that's a crock of shit not gonna fuck around and get arrested or whatever because of this Nah. I am over here like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> oh right. god. Um so then, 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 then we get to Rick and we ain't gonna we ain't gotta go super deep into it, but we get into Rick in this scene or whatever, where like he has the little girl from earlier he was talking to kidnapped or whatever, as far as the movie. And they break in the guy from Boston or whatever, all this and everything. There's a dialogue, and like it's literally DiCaprio acting of acting. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like some in Matrix shit. And he like, you know, pushes his little girl down and he's like threatening to kill her and all whatever. And yeah. they're just like, and scene. And the director's like giving him praises. Like, yo, you did that. Like, hell yeah. The little girl goes and whispers in his ear and says, this is the best acting I've ever, or the greatest acting I've ever seen in my life. And he still has the gun kind of up to his head or whatever, or just around. He kind of points it up. He's like, Rick fucking Dawn. <laughs> so, which was a callback earlier to fucking uh, when Cliff said, he's like, you're Rick fucking Dalton. Rick fucking Dalton. I love this shit because I have not finished the last ride with Undertaker or whatever, but like we've heard multiple people, like Ric Flair said the same thing too, whatever. Triple H, if he go if he don't do anything else or whatever, he will remind you, you know, he said he looked him right in the eyes or whatever. It was like, you're the fucking Undertaker. This is what you do. Yeah. In that moment, I was just like, Rick fucking Dalton is back, guys. I love this. This is incredible. One of the long, like this scene was long, and I wasn't even mad that it was long because, like, looking back now, I'm like, yo, this shit was dope as hell, and I like this a lot. Um, we are back to okay, like, this is legit my notes, so you got to check this out. Like, I am, I am confused or whatever, right? So, this is one long ass note. You got to let me get all of it off and then, like, just go in, all right? Get it off. Okay, so I say this ranch is creepy as fuck, and we find out the girl's name is Pussycat. So, they go and get this dude, Tex, who was giving fucking um, writing lessons or whatever to go check out Cliff or whatever. I'm like, the shit gets real suspicious when Cliff knows the owner of the ranch. And the entire time or whatever, there's this, like, just a, like, not even appearance because we don't get to see her. But there's this girl. I don't know if it was Gypsy or Squeaky. I think her name ended up being, like, Squeaky or something. Oh, it's definitely Squeaky. It's Squeaky from. So... But okay, look, I don't know any of this at the time, right? Who like, and I didn't know who like way, 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 way later. Holy yeah, shit, yeah. it's Dakota Fanning. Yeah, she just jumps in shit or whatever, and I'm like, yo, still did not know that was she or whatever. Like, I really do not know what she looks like. She just insert generic white woman or whatever. Like most of the time when I see her, like like on fucking uh, uh, Twilight or whatever. But yeah. so we we finally get to see her. <laughs> so. I love whenever he finally gets into the place or whatever to like go talk to George or whatever, right? Yep. Which was the director's name. I love like everyone. She makes everyone else just gets out or get out of the house or whatever, right? Yep. And, and like, like I said, I didn't catch this or whatever, but now apparently you're just saying it's a thing. She points to the back room with her foot. I said, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so she's like, well, you know, George is blind now, so. If you can't, you know, all this or whatever. 
she's directing to the rest of the people, like, get out, get out now. Um, George is here. George is here, and we're going to take care of it. There's no way that I thought that George was alive. I definitely thought he was dead. I mean, fair enough. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, for like the first time, I'm like, yo, this is too suspicious. Like, why? How? There's no way this man's alive. Like, it's gonna be a fucking skeleton back there in that room or whatever. They're like, he's sleeping. No, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. I'm just like, what the? F- this is so fucking weird. Like, I'm still not knowing this. I think this is like around the time or whatever I noticed. I'm like, holy shit, is that Lena Dunham? And I'm like, she would be a fucking hippie. I think that's one of the things that's cool to talk about too. It's like, um, entering the narrative of this weird situation where like yeah Lena Dunham is just one of the people that's mm, in the narrative talking doing their thing and you're like what is happening in this movie right now what is happening yeah and you don't know yourself if there's a person there that is like governing this ranch one way or another, and then you're like, damn, Cliff is just going to go in there. Like, he's just going to do it himself? Right. And... I'm afraid for him. I'm like, yo, what the fuck's about to happen? Like, this shit is... Like, I'm literally just writing, like, this is creepy. Yeah, it's like, oh, damn, Cliff is taking this all on himself. Why? Why would he do that? And And then you're watching the movie, and you're like, well, if I was him... Maybe I would want to know, like, maybe I would want to know for sure these fucking hippies they keep referring to, these fucking hippies are doing anything themselves. Like, are they here for a reason? And then he just checks out himself. And that's why he's a fucking badass, this fucking guy. He checks out himself. He does his whole thing checks them and sees them and then you know you got like Rick Dalton on the same side was like yeah yeah I'm just here for the, for the action so he finally goes back there to, and we find out that George is actually alive that one threw me all the way off you know he's blind and he's just like you know he doesn't really remember Cliff like that Cliff's like well you know I just wanted to come talk to you and all this and he's just kind of explaining about Squeaky and like you know blah 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 she takes care of me now and Da, 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 da. He's like, oh, you mean the one with red hair? I'm blind. Why the hell would I know what she looks like? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, yo, motherfuckers are getting their bars off, son. I'm telling you. No, that was crazy. It's like, bruh, you came to me. You heard what I had to say. You heard what she told me. I'm blind, motherfucker. He's just like, I mean, well, we can all see the same thing. Cliff's trying to, like, say or whatever. He just without saying out loud, like, you guys are taking advantage of this dude. Like, come on, this is terrible. So when he finally goes out the house... Everyone is pretty much gone to what it looks like, except for, like, Pussycat. And she's the only one waiting. And <laughs> he has to walk through the ranch with all these hating hippies. And I'm like, dude, this shit is crazy. Until we get to the end, he finally gets back to the car. And one of the hippies or whatever, I literally wrote, he stabbed the wheel with a fucking knife. And what did Cliff do? He looks at him and says, fix it. He's like, huh, I'm not fixing that. Walks right up, beats the dude's ass, 
And it makes him change the tire. Before he even says that, the girls start to walk up to him or whatever, and they're like, oh my god, stop it! You take one more step, and I'm kicking his ass more. <laughs> I'm like, go off, Cliff! He's like, now change the fucking tire. And they're just like, oh god, go get Tex! And that's the badass of the story. This fucking dude. Like, everything we've said so far can be portrayed as whatever, but like, yeah. This is the moment. This is the point in time where, like, this dude is a fucking badass. Like, Loved it right here. I, I just love – I'm like, what the fuck was Texas little ass going to do or whatever? Because, like, literally – I thought it was, like, the funniest part. He comes in riding back or whatever on his horse and shit, and by the time he gets there, fucking uh, Cliff's already driving off. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, so, like – He's like, dude. this is not my car. This is my boss's car, and, you know, if – I you know I get in trouble, but luckily for you, he has a spare. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what's going on right now. You're in it, I'm in it, and here's the situation. And he just tells him what the fucking time of day is to Cliff Booth. I mean, it's everyone that wants to be anyone, right? It, I mean, it's pretty and- much kind of like I heard people. I heard like in a video they were like, or I think Tarantino flat out said it. If you look at the dynamic or whatever, and I didn't catch this initially, like Cliff is literally the person that Rick is betraying on screen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that's incredible. He is the badass that he is. And then not only that, he's sustainable. So he's like the one that you actually want to see on the screen. It gets weird from there. Okay, so I have okay, the next note I got. So Cliff goes to pick up Rick, you know, they're going back to go watch FBI, which, you know, uh, which Rick is on. And (laughs) I literally wrote down the note, Cliff has an acid dipped cigarette. Now, I'm glad, I'm so fucking glad I wrote this because I'm, like I said, I'm writing down shit, not knowing anything, but I'm like, they made a point of emphasis to, to have this in there. So I should write it down. Yeah. We fast forward six months later to Rick is out, Rick's out here doing um he's getting roles again. I wrote down the movies or whatever. You ready for these movie titles? Yeah. We had, of course, nope, you know, the classic that was Nebraska Jim. Uh Kill sure. Me Qu- Kill Me Quick Ringo said the gringo. Okay. A name who I'm going to say simply off because that's what it was called or whatever, even though I tweeted flat out at Adam Schefter or whatever because he tried to stay with Don't Bite Your Tongues, uh, you know, like terms or whatever. And, you yeah. know, we've been on that shit like a year prior. But, you know, like we, we, we always been in the future and everybody else is behind. Red blood, red skin. Yikes. Yikes. And Operation Dynamite, which was a ripoff of James Bond, uh, Cliff to- or the voice told us. Not great. <laughs> so, I mean, Joint's crazy now. Like, Rick's now married, and he can't afford to have Cliff anymore. But they're going to go out and, you know, like, have one final night. And they said, quote, get blind drunk to end an era. Or are they? Now, blind drunk was a new one for me. I hadn't heard blind drunk before. Have you, had you heard blind drunk before? Yes, but no. I mean, you know what it means. Oh but. no, I could I completely get it because like I'm telling you, we're we're gonna get to something else or whatever. We're like me and Rick Dalton. I 
like I, I don't think I can't per se say I've necessarily done it like he did, but I am here for it. Um, so I got Sharon has new people. She has like people around the house or whatever. Roman's off working and also realizes she's pregnant now. So, yeah. like I said, I'm writing all this. I don't know the real life, you know, shit at this point. Um, <laughs> Rick and Cliff are getting hammered. They're they're at a restaurant and they got so hammered that they left their car at the place and just said, "Fuck, we're getting the cab." Smart though. That's the real move. That is Surprise. the real. Oh, the only no. There's there, no the move after is almost as real as that one. Surprisingly, they took that move. To be honest. Because, like, at this point or whatever, they're doing time. And I don't necessarily know why they're doing time, but I'm like, okay, something's about to happen if we're doing time. So, but I'm, I'm ready for this shit, right? So, at midnight, Cliff, I mean, not Cliff, but Rick is making frozen margaritas. <laughs> I'm going to finish off about the frozen margaritas later because I said, oh, this seems incredible at midnight. And I, I'll be real, I am a margarita dude, but not a frozen one. So, but hey, I'm not against it. This was incredible. <sighs> we go from Cliff, who's like, oh shit, he totally forgot about the acid dipped cigarette. And was like, why the fuck not? He goes and gets Brandy and takes her on a walk. And while he lights up this acid dipped cigarette, I'm just like, what the fuck is about to happen, yo? Oh, <laughs> you got anything before I get on to the, like, the, the shit that's about to happen? Yeah. Um, so. This is where we see the hippies who are like just riding around, right? Like on some like late night shit, dressed up like the fucking like ninjas, literally. And at first I was like, wait, is that squeaky? And I was like, okay, no, it's just some, someone else with red hair, I guess, right? Yeah, yes, it was. It was someone else, but who cares, right? Yeah, I, at first though, my initial notes, I was like, is that squeaky? I'm not for sure. But it's Tex and then like two other ones. I think their names actually rhyme, but it's a, that's irrelevant, you know? Well, they kept it factual, but yeah. Yeah, they they did. I just don't remember right now, per se, you know? Yeah. It's going to say text, the redhead chick, homegirl that ends up dipping out, which, I mean, that's literally about to happen, and then, like, the Asian-looking woman. Well, you know who the one that played the character is the one that dipped out? Um, The one that dipped out, yes, that is um Uma Thurman's daughter. Correct. Maya yes, Hawk. Uma- in, in, uh, yeah, if I say Ethan Hawks, uh, yeah, I, I had no clue they were together. Go figure. Yeah, who would have known until then? Apparently, she was on Stranger Things, but I have not watched that show. So, oh, season three, real good. I never finished season one. What? I don't get it. Come on, I just don't get it. Um, so they're they're riding around or whatever up to no good and everything. Bruh, this is where if Cliff fucking Dalton wasn't already like, like just, I mean, let's give it not Cliff Dalton. Good Lord. See, see, how, see how I fused him. If Rick, Rick fucking Dalton, Dalton, yeah. If Rick Dalton wasn't taking over this movie or whatever, right? Yeah. When he comes out in his robe to yell at the hippies while drinking the frozen margaritas out of the fucking blender, <laughs> it, it's almost as if I loved it. Yeah. Bro, do you know why the ice is there? So you don't drink all the tequila? Rick Dolan don't care. Rick Dolan's here for the fucking moment. I love it. This shit was incredible. I was rolling. So he's like, you know, 
he like cusses them out and everything. If you want to go smoke some weed or whatever on a dark alley, do it somewhere else or whatever. That's when they're just like, oh shit, you know, let's go kill him because, you know, it's the fucking 60s, man. We're going to go kill the people who like put all this violence and shit into our heads. Well, and that, that, is, that, that, that was the turning point where the Asian chick made like a statement of analysis where it's like everyone we know has killed everyone we know. So let's tell them. Right. Like, right. Yeah. It's around that same point where I think uh, Tex says the line, Charlie told us to, like, go in there, kill them, and make it look gruesome or bloody or something like that. Yeah. I'm not thinking anything of, oh, shit, Charles Manson in real life or whatever. I'm just like, damn, like, what the fuck? The hippies out here wild? I'm like, yo, the hippie. I'm like, I just keep saying in my head, this is not going to be good because the hippies, the whole shit with Cliff. And I was like, are they literally just around, like, looking for Cliff? That's, that's what I'm thinking of in my head. Sure. And I was like, he's tripping on fucking acid. This is not about to be good, dude. Like, am I, this is about to be sad. Like, what's gonna happen? Who fucking knows? So, um, oh, we even saw like uh, the redhead chick. Whenever uh, Rick was like, you know, get, like running them off, she has a gun. Yep. So they're to the point where they're about to run up on the house. Um, Uma Thurman daughter was just like, fuck this, and she gets. She gets out of there or whatever. She's like, oh, I left such and such. And, oh, she left her knife in the car. And Texas is like, I locked the door. You know, like, you're going to need the keys. She's like, oh, okay. And then just gets up out of there or whatever. That terrible cranking-ass car. I mean, dude, it sounded so bad when it was up there earlier. So That yeah. was a little callback that I didn't even think about until later on. Because I'm like, oh, shit. You remember whenever, uh, uh, whenever Cliff pulled up into the ranch? And, like, Squeaky was like, hmm, that's a different car. I'm like, is it crazy that they even know it's a different car because, like, all their cars sound like shit? Private Hollywood homes. Who knows? You know, like, what can you actually hear from the road? Pretty much. Yeah. Um. So this is where shit gets real. Cliff Let's is get back. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. Cliff's back, and he's ready to feed. He's about to feed Brandy. And the hippies run up in the house. I'm like, oh, shit. And, like, Cliff is so fucked up or whatever. I was like, oh, God, they're going to fucking kill him. Like, he just has the from, gun. From every angle, too, right? And, like, they're even trying to scare me, too. Yeah, because, like, one of, like, because Tech pops in the front door. I think the other two pop in the other way, you know? Yeah. Like, this is where I'm telling you, I feel like, oh, God, they're terrifying me because I know how certain dogs are trained. Like, I have homies who train dogs and shit, you know? Yeah. When he looked at Brandy and was like, do not move. Like, whatever I say, do not move. And I'm like, ah, shit, she's not going to move because that's what she was told. Like, they're scaring me, man. And then, like, they break into the house. He's like, yo, are you real? As a fucking donut. <laughs> when he hit the, bruh, as wild as it sounds, and, like, I watch way too much creepy shit for my own good sometimes. Yeah. This is where, this is finally the point where I'm like, oh, shit. It's fucking Charles Manson. When he said, I'm I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's things. That shit. I I don't know what it was, but I was like, why the fuck do I know this line? And then I was like, women. To, oh, it was like a fucking alarm clock just was like ding 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 ding. Like it all came to me, and I'm like, are you fucking serious? Is this like, huh? No, no way. No way. Like, I don't I don't know. But I was like, I've heard that fucking line. And I'm like, maybe they just took that for this, too. Who knows, though, right? Yeah, no. It's that is a 
text Watson original quote. Yeah. And yikes. When you're on the scene, that's what you said. Oh, man. You deserve a dog. Yeah, man. So fucking he's about to shoot Cliff. Brandy's not here for the bullshit. Attacks Tex. Takes her out. Asian chick runs at Cliff. He takes the fucking dog food that he. Ha- oh, I'm, I'm sorry too. Um, the redhead chick. She's already. She's gotten. Um, she's gotten. What was it? What, what was her? What was um Rick's new wife's name? Francesca. Francesca. She's got Francesca out of bed and everything. And has a knife to her. But no. Nah, so um, Asian chick is running at Cliff. He gets the fucking dog food he has in his hands and just tosses it as hard like fucking Randy Johnson right at her face. I almost choked on a taco when this I feel happened. like Randy Johnson is a deep pole, but it's not a deep pole. I don't know a good, a better MLB reference, but goddamn, throwing it hard. I'm Not just saying, do you, remember, you remember when Randy Johnson destroyed that bird? Sure, yeah. For everyone listening that don't know what we're talking about or whatever, go, just Google Randy Johnson destroys bird. Thank me later. Anyways, so that shit is all happening. <laughs> I think by this point or whatever, Francesca got, like, she got redhead chick up out of here before, like, Brandy's just happening all the light. Like she's 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 got texts together. I think by this point, like this was before she attacked the Asian chick. Cliff like just literally goes and kills the redhead. Yeah. Well, I mean, smashes her face in. I was gonna say after throwing her face on multiple mantelpieces. Yes. I mean, destroys her, man. I think it was at this point where the kind the Asian chick. Literally, she gets the gun, and at first I was like, "Oh shit, did she did she like shoot Cliff?" But that's not the case because Cliff got like the knife, like went into what was it, his side or his hip? It was into his hip, and yeah. he didn't feel it at all because we we're on the acid life. Yeah, so the the gun scares Brandy away, but by this point or whatever, like you know. She done got attacked by, or Asian chick done got attacked by Brandy. She done got attacked, like, just all this shit. I have not mentioned it in a little while. Ever since telling off the hippies, Rick is in the pool listening to the radio with headphones on. Well, just no on one knows that. Yeah. Just, no, I, just, I just love the fact that, like, I mean, first off, I'm definitely not doing certain things sober. But the fact my man was just on a floatable in a pool was crazy to me, but hey, what do I know? I, I would say the fact that you're not doing anything in general yeah. speaks to the fact that Rick is doing his own thing and he's just like, <laughs> I'm mem- memorizing my lines, I'm out here on the pool, doing my own thing, no one bug me, his wife's asleep, he's been fucking getting drunk with whatever, and he's just like, yep, I'm just going to be out here and uh, fuck y'all. Like, don't care what you say. Don't care what you think. This is where, like, she's just like, okay, Cliff passes out after at this point. So the girl's just screaming and just wilding out. She crashes through the fucking, like, door or whatever that was or, like, whatever the hell that kind of was, like, glass door. Yeah. And then just, like, pops up in the pool, scares the shit out of Rick. He's like, what the fuck? 
gets up out of there. She's just bloody and just has a gun shooting in the air. And what does Rick fucking Dalton do at this point? Call back to where I think it was Cliff that was in there earlier in the pool shed. The entire flamethrower is there. (laughs) And then Rick does not hesitate one second, goes in there, pulls it out, straps it on, and burns that bitch to the fucking ground. How? What the fuck did you think when that happened? Dude, I was literally like, am I in a fucking dream right now? Like, now, I was like, it went from like, okay, I'm confused about this movie. I don't know for sure. I'm ready to Google and figure out what the hell I'm missing to. Now it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, (laughs) Yes. We just need the most absurd shit we could think of. So literally a dog attacking someone, a woman's face getting beaten in. Like someone like high off fucking acid and shit, and then a flamethrower after a being after like falling in a pool. I was crying laughing. Like I literally like could not hold my back my laughter. This is incredible. This was I can't believe incredible. you got there after the mantelpiece that Brad Pitt put on that woman. Uh, I mean, dude, the 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 last ten minutes of this film, uh, it like. like it was incredible. It's incredible. It's mind blowing. And it's also like, how the fuck did we get here from two hours before? Facts. Like, I'm literally like, yo, like, what am I? Wa-? It almost didn't even seem like the same movie. Yeah. I was just so like, holy shit. So, I mean, he burnt her to a fucking crisp. The police are there. Um, before we get to like Cliff getting taken off on a stretcher. Yeah. I just love <laughs> I think they were talking to Francesco or whatever and like Brandy's just in the back and like a cop's just down petting her. <laughs> well, and she's just spouting off Italian and the cop's just like, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Also too, quick little callback, I didn't bring it up. Whenever he pops back up with the wife when they're getting off the plane. Yeah. Besides Cliff like pushing their bags up or whatever. I was like, yo, Leo, out here looking like uh, he could have played Austin Powers. Yeah, I mean, literally. <laughs> I just I just I, I just thought back about that when we were talking about Francesca. But so, yeah, the police are getting like, yo, what's going on and all this shit. And they're just like, you know, telling the story. They're taking Cliff off to the hospital. Rick's like, yo, what hospital are you going to be at? He's like, oh, you know, don't worry about me. Worry about your wife or whatever. You know, I'll be all right. Even yeah. at the final scene of Cliff. Booth, incredible. Oh, I almost forgot my call back for earlier when he was talking to George, and he was like, "Booth, Cliff Booth." He's like, "John's Wilkes, <laughs> John's Wilkes." They're John's Wilkes. I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, nobody caught that. I caught that. I was like, you gotta catch that. <laughs> uh, I did catch that, but like, that was uh, funny, <laughs> I, dude. I was just like, what the fuck is happening? So I'm just like. Because I'm I'm not even looking and saying like okay how much how much do I have left you know what I'm saying like I'm just I'm letting this all ride. Well, I uh, I guess I'll, the last thing I'll say outside of the actual finish of the ending where he meets Sharon Tate and they yeah. do that whole thing and it's literally once upon a time in Hollywood like it did not happen it could have happened and you know more things to be played after the fact it could have happened. Had the Mansomers not happened, 
I don't know. Like, what did you think about that? And, like, how would you uh, process whatever the fuck just happened in front of you? Okay, so literally the first video I watched was, like, explaining to me, this is why Sharon Tate is in this movie. This is why everything, whatever I'm watching, that, like, everything I saw as far as her being in this movie, her doing this, like, why she's kind of, I'm like, because I kept saying, I'm like, why is she a character but she's not involved with the main characters. Like, what am I missing? So when you finally add the Charles Manson shit into it, I'm like, holy shit. This is genius. Yep. It's literally like, it's like, it's like Django is rewriting history in a way. Like instead of like the brutal way that like, you know, her and the other people in that house that day were killed, which I found out too, whatever. And this is crazy because, uh, I was talking to you like last week or whatever. I was listening back through a uh, thriller. Yeah. The, gra- the greatest album of all time. Uh, apparently Quincy Jones was supposed to like pull up that night and decided not to for some reason. And this is like 69 part of that's part of the thing. Yeah. For the murders. It, yeah. Yeah. This is like 69. So I'm like, yo, so not only do we lose like all these people or whatever, tragically, whatever, we don't get off the wall or thriller or bad. What the fuck? I don't know. I'm just, it's just me. Like, thinking in my mind or whatever by this point i was wasted last night when i was watching this though but no you're fine i mean like it's part of the murders and what could have been right so it's hard to say the whole thing is like it was roman polanski's wife and he went on to do the things that he did so like could you imagine that being different the network of things that you could imagine after the fact with what the narrative of the time is and then what actually happened. It's mind-blowing. I'm literally glad to, and I mean, I'm going to shout this out right now. You know, one of my favorite new podcasts, or whatever, at least new for me or whatever, like you, you put me on like the dollop. I learned like, yo, don't Google shit until like I'm done with the episode because I don't want anything to be spoiled. So like, I'm glad that's how I went into this because it made, like now looking back, I appreciate the movie so much more. Like, so much more is incredible. Well, and there's so much to unpack. But so, like, who can tell? Who can tell what's going to happen in terms of Hollywood as things unfold forwards if Sharon Tate lives, right? Or if the Manson murders hit someone else? Also, I was completely disgusted because I'm like, he flat out said, yeah, I was going to do this and then blame the Black Panthers to start a race war. And I'm like... Wow. <laughs> like, well, like, I was already just disgusted in general. And then I got even more disgusted because I was like, wow, let's just blame it. I'm, I'm, fuck, fuck, I'll say it. Let's, let's just blame it on the niggas. Like, really? That's what we're doing? It gets like, worse. It gets worse than that, Darius. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say it does. I just said they killed a fucking woman who was eight months pregnant. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, ugh. Well, first just... of all, first of all, eight and a half months pregnant. Second oh of all, God. do you. <laughs> Do you know what Helter Skelter stands for? It's terrible. Mm-hmm. He wanted to blame the Black Panthers for this murder for a particular reason, and that was his worldview. This is Charles Manson, by the way. Yeah. Um, he had decided within his own mind that there was going to be a race war in Los Angeles, and that race war would dictate the outcome of the encounter. Entire country. It's weird now to talk about this because, like, 
maybe that should happen. But yeah. whatever. So once it was all over, again, we're like early 70s now, there would just be a bunch of minorities in charge. He thought, Charles Manson, that the minorities would not be able to dictate their own self you know, like population and like be able to control them. Yeah. And then he would take it over. XYZ, he's like de facto head of the country. Mm-hmm. Which that entire so, thinking is bonkers. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. These so, women, bonkers, crazy, techs. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, like, not only did you get like eaten alive by Brandy, all that. So. It's weird to talk about Helter Skelter like that, but that is Charles Manson's worldview. And it's weird to even think about it from the standpoint after the fact where like MK Ultra actually happened, all these, the Tuskegee experiment actually happened, all this stuff. But that was Charles Manson's uneducated, stupid worldview where he actually had that in mind for a thing that could possibly happen. And it's just, uh, it's just so weird to think about, like to think about, but to actually sit in a world where you're in that, like mind view, right? Like the movie you're sitting in there. And that's one of the best things about the movie to my, my personal experience is like sitting in the narrative that's cool, but just the vibe of the movie, and that's one of the things that Tarantino does so well, so well. It's just like setting the mood, setting the experience, and just like being in 1969. And then when you're in there, you start thinking about what the movie's about and where it's going and what the whole narrative is. And you're like, how the fuck did that guy think that would ever be a thing? And obviously it could never have been. And then it doesn't happen. And that's like the big, what if, right? Like the Manson murders. What if they went to the wrong house? What if they went to the wrong place and you have a cliff booth that takes care of it? And a guy with a flamethrower. And a guy with a flamethrower, for sure. (laughs) It's just like, the whole thing, the whole narrative turns its top on its head. And it's like, when I sat in the movie theater and I watched this movie, all I could think about while it was happening, and especially after, what, two hours, when it finally flipped on its head, it's like, Sharon Sharon Tate is eight months pregnant. She's going to get fucking murdered. And you're sitting there, and you're like, I can't conceivably watch this and be okay with it. And yeah. then it doesn't happen. Thankfully. So I know you didn't know about it beforehand. And when I watched the movie myself, I watched it with someone else. Shout out Joseph. Didn't know it beforehand. So now that you know all about it. Yeah. I don't know. How Does that change your appreciation for the movie? Or does it change anything else that you think about it um i enjoyed this movie a lot and i I was actually about to ask you whatever too like going into like you know our ratings for it you know like i appreciate the movie that much more now because it has such crazy historical context yeah i like shit like that i like like finding out like 
you know, this and that was taken from this. You like you you know this. Like I literally I've joked like, oh, I'm gonna make a you know, like I'll be doing my playlist or whatever. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna make a playlist where it's literally all the songs that people be singing now, or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, this is actually based off a song that such and such did back in this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I love little shit like that. So like, to find that out or whatever, I already had a good time watching this or whatever. I wasn't bored two hours and forty minutes, and that is people got to think about that is a long time. You know what I'm saying? It's an extremely long movie. But I actually think I've had pause longer, but you know, (laughs) yeah, for sure. I've been on them. Let me say this. We have had conversations longer than this, obviously. Yeah. But to an extent, what was going on with the Manson family murders and what was happening with Charles Manson and everything else? I know we're getting away from the movie now. I'm just going to go into a historical narrative to an extent. Uh-huh. It's difficult to think about a person like that in the situation he was in could convert relatively good people to his cause, right? Yeah. And it's hard to imagine the situation that he was in and the situation that was going on with the people that he converted to his cause. But it's actually kind of prescient to an extent. It's actually kind of similar to what we're we're going through now, where people don't believe what's going on in the world. People don't believe things that, that are being told. And as a young person that gets caught up in this kind of situation, it's easy to go ahead and be someone that doesn't want to believe what they've been told this whole time. Doesn't want to believe their parents, doesn't want to believe where they've come from and wants to have a different opinion. And it's not a bad thing to want to do something different, but it's a bad thing to believe in someone that rallies around a situation that doesn't actually exist for yourself and still, you know, call for change i get like i I get everything you're trying to say like yeah yeah it's simply history keeps like rewrite like repeating itself and for people like not to realize that or and or not to want to see it you're the problem i'm just gonna let it go like that i mean you got anything left before we get into ratings for this movie no and that's fair and it's just like Charles Manson was a fascist, and yeah. we we got into conversations about this when it came to the plot against America. So I'm gonna let that podcast stand on its own. Yeah, but go check that out in the archive for sure. If you think that anything that has to do with Helter Skelter has anything to do with what we're dealing with now, where you think you are better than anyone else that has any kind of opinion about what's going on in the world, you fucked up and you have no resonance in the situation. And you should be listening to everyone that has opinions about how the rest of America should be going because the last thing I guess I got off point already, but the founding fathers had a lot of really good ideas and we're here now. It's 250 years later. I think we can come up with better ideals 
and how we go forward. So most definitely. Um, you want to go first or should I go first or whatever, as far as what you're going to rate this movie out of 10? Go ahead. You know, for everything that this gave us and, you know, Tarantino and I mean, I don't think I can give any Tarantino movie below like an eight, you know what I'm saying? Just off GP. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. So I don't even necessarily know if I should do an eight. I don't think we even do halves, but fuck it. I It's my pod or whatever. 8.5. I actually think that's a pretty good rating. I think I'm going to meet you there. I actually, so on the after credits, we're on record now. I gave Unbreakable a nine. I think this movie is better. And actually, after... after Go ahead, go ahead. I was say no, no. I I do too. I agree with you there. Um, but I, I I'm gonna chill out or whatever because you know Shyamalan and Ding Dong. I, we went out on them too much, so. Yeah, I think so too. After yeah. listening to Calvin, after we gave our own rankings, I think nine was kind of high, on Unbreakable. I'm not gonna give a new ranking now. Yeah. I think eight point five is good. I I really really like this movie. And I think a lot of people would get a lot of stuff out of it by watching it. So I'm going to give it a 9.5 myself. Nice. Just because, like, look into the past a little bit and try to get a, like, get a mind frame of something else that happened before and how people dealt with things that were different for them. I, 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 I do think that this movie has a really good standpoint from coming to terms with new things and their new situations that they didn't think they would be in. Like how would Rick Dolan think that things would happen for his career? He would have no idea how it would happen and moving forward, how that would fuck with his worldview of himself. And in that same standpoint, If you're living on Spawn Ranch, how would you think that would end up fucking with you and fucking with your worldview in a way that would actually get you in real trouble? Like, get you in real heat. Like, if you were the kind of person that wanted to be of the world, of the people, of the thing, and you wanted to get away from it all, late 60s, Love, peace, harmony, all that kind of stuff. You want to get away from it, or I guess get into it would would be the late sixties view. Who's the kind of person that you think you would follow, and who's the kind of person that you think you would get around to do that effectively? And I hate to say it to an extent, but that kind of person is Charles Manson, and yeah. that's a terrible person to get around, and that's a terrible person to execute your philosophy around oh for sure on that one yeah it's gross is all i can say it's gross to think about how that would work for you how that would work for you and the people that think around you and it happens all the time and that's how cults are built and i shouldn't be the authority on that by any means but i'm on the microphone now so i just said my piece Okay, well, from there, man, I mean, shit, it's, it's been a whole year, and I'm glad we did this, you know? Yeah. 
Um, guess I, go ahead and get this one closed off or whatever, man. Shout out Tarantino, Brad Pitt, Leo, Margot, you know, everybody, whatever. This was really dope project right here. Yeah. Um, you got any final thoughts for we end this one off? I think I was a little all over the place on this. So I'm just going to say, don't join a cult. That will be ah. my standing statement on this whole thing. <laughs> don't join a cult. Yeah, not not a cult. You know what I'm saying? You can do a fan base or whatever. We we want everyone to be, you know, like on this fan base, but that's way different. True. <sighs> so, you know, remember guys, like always, rate, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Links and everything in the description below. <laughs> Check out this and all the other podcasts or whatever. Uh, I've just realized before this or whatever, we had a milestone, like, Already 175 episodes. It's been like barely less than 13 months. Let's go. But what what else? Who's counting? Of course. Um, <laughs> check out that Everyone Loves the Sunshine um, playlist available on Apple Music and Spotify. Got to work on the new one or whatever coming up for August. I don't have a name yet, but, you know, just a little, little you know, go, go ahead and be prepared or whatever, you know, to really getting on your beach vibes or whatever, you know, like I named it. Um, let's do it. F- follow myself and the other and the homies Q, Zach, and Carson on Twitch. Put all the links to everything like to check us out in all the video games or whatever you want to check us out playing on Twitch or whatever. You know, Farty said that at the beginning. Um, and I guess with that being said, man, you know, the after credits, once upon a time in Hollywood. Another dope episode. That's Jack. I'm Mookie. And you know, new outro, whatever. I can't, if I keep saying whatever, it's not going to be new to a point or whatever. But until next time, to let us on.